Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Happy Sunday. If you're looking for a place to sit, second row. I don't know what happened. Yeah, anyway, uh, happy Sunday. So glad you're here. My name is Adam. I'm the pastor of the church. If you're new, so happy to have you in the room. Uh, Particularly good news this morning is, is this. I'm not preaching. It's always weird when people cheer at that part. I'm not preaching, but the reason that's good news is because my good friend Ted Kim is here. Why don't you come on up, Ted? Everybody say hello, Ted. Ted is one of my very best friends in the whole vineyard. He pastors the Vineyard Church in Evanston, Illinois, which is essentially Chicago. He's a Chicagoan now, and um, Ted and I have known each other for a good minute, and I just want to say, so glad you're here. And uh, everybody, listen, open up your hearts. Ted has something good for us this morning. All right. I'm sorry. Oh, there we go. There we go. Man, we love being camp- in Campbellsville, don't we? We're like Chicagoans. So y'all have sunsets. We don't. We have what's called pollution. So you know what pollution is, right? That's what we have. We have pollution. So at night, uh, it, the sky is red, and it stays red the whole night long because of pollution. But here what we've noticed is that you see the stars, so we've loved that. We love looking at the stars. I went this morning real early to get coffee at the gas station. Because <laughs> Hardin Coffee doesn't, isn't open on Sunday, uh, which is a good thing. It's a real good thing. I just went and got coffee real early this morning at the gas station at Marathon, across from the Kroger. You know what I'm talking about? You know the coffee there? You get medium, you get dark, you get decaf, right? And it like it, it's just like the machine, and the machine like makes you think like you're. It's actually brewing because it says on the little like digital thing brewing while you're getting it. So I drank coffee this morning, and I was coming up over the hill on I think it's Broadway. Is that the is that the road or coming up the hill? And it looked like God was pulling the curtain back on the night. It just just like a bank of clouds, and it looked like the morning was coming. And he was pulling the curtain back on the night. And I thought, man, it's good to be in Campbellsville. Like I brought a few people with me here. It's Derek and Hannah and Adama. These are folks from my church. And I think Charles is back there as well. And Derek, I'm going to tell on you, Derek said that this was the third best weekend in his life. (laughs) He said that yesterday. He turned to me and he said, Ted, I think this is like the third best weekend in my life. And I said, yeah, well, I'm just, I was like, well, man, you know, um, it's, it's great that you have that list, you know? So you just like keep adding to it as you get older and you get older and you get older and you look back on those weekends and you can think, man, that was the third best weekend in my life, you know? It didn't get any better than that. Um, but we were, we were over and we were talking and we had some, just like a really good time last night in conversation. Think about the last time you had a great conversation with someone. Can you think about that? Can you just close your eyes for a minute 
and just think about the last time you had a good conversation. You know, not the kind of conversation where you're like, yeah, 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 would you stop talking? Uh, so I can talk. You know what I'm talking about? Those conversations, like, stop talking. Because I got something to say. But one of those conversations where you feel like you're leaning in, one of those conversations where, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, right? Like when you're kids and you're thinking, Man, what's happening upstairs is so boring. All the adults are doing is just having conversation. And you're thinking, I got my leg, I got my stuff, I got my Legos, I got my, and they're just sitting up there talking. And then you become an adult and you realize, man, this is everything. When you have that good conversation and it's like uh, you're leaning in, you're getting closer. You know what I'm talking about? We had this like that good conversation last night and it was happening all over the room. It was like, Good conversation was happening here on the beanbag. Good conversation was happening over here on the table. Good conversation was happening around the kitchen island. It was like good conversation was happening. And I think that's why my friend Derek said it was the third best weekend in his life. Uh, Not because we were in Campbellsville and not because God was pulling the curtain back on the sky, but because we were having conversation. Uh, The loving kind of conversation that moves you closer. You know, if it's not obvious to you, I'm not white, I'm Korean. And uh, I grew up in a Korean home, and so in my home, uh, my parents were Korean immigrants, so they came over here actually to Lexington, Kentucky. So my parents moved from Korea to Lexington, Kentucky, so my mother could go to uh, Lexington Theological uh, seminary or something like that? Is that what it's called? Or No, it's not Asbury. It wasn't in Wilmore. It was actually in Lexington. You know, um, So she went there to go and get like a master's or something like that, or an MRE, master's in religious education. And then my dad went to Transylvania University for college. So here's my dad. He's like this Korean dude. Uh, doesn't speak any English. And he has to go to Transylvania University because my uncle said, I think I've heard of this school. You know? <laughs> My uncle in Korea, and the only thing that I can think of, the only reason why I think he's heard of that school is because of Dracula, right? (laughs) He's like, you know, I think you should go to this school in Lexington. It's called Transylvania. I think it's a good school. I think I've heard of it before. And my my dad's like, sure, great. She shows up at Transylvania University, and my dad doesn't speak a lick of English. In Transylvania, you got to wear, like, I think you have to wear a suit and a tie when you're going to go to dinner. At least they used to do that. You had to dress up formally to go to dinner. And so I guess that's what my dad did. And my dad would go to dinner, and then you'd all eat together. And so my dad was like a fish out of water. So he became an engineer because he couldn't speak any English. Um, And um, he's like, man, every time I saw English words, I was done. But when I saw numbers, I was like, yes. You know, uh, and so, so he 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 did an engineering degree. He ended up working on cars, you know, and now he's retired. Um, but I grew up in a Korean home where my parents spoke Korean to one another, and I don't really speak much Korean. And one thing that I noticed is I noticed that every time we had conversation and my parents started speaking Korean, they did it because they wanted distance. They just were like, "We're going to talk about stuff that our kids we don't want our kids just kind of in on," so they would do it. And I always felt like every time we, they started talking in Korean that all of a sudden my parents who were this close became this close. 
Because that's also what happens in conversation, isn't it? You know, there's the kind of loving conversation that moves you closer, and then there's the kind of conversation that creates distance, you know? Um, and, I mean, if you think about this, good communication, right? It's the hallmark of great relationships, right? So great friendships, there's good communication. Like, you don't talk to somebody for a long time, and then you're like, man, are we still friends? Everybody, anybody ever had that experience? Or you think about, like, marriages, for instance. Like, when there are problems in marriage, uh, a lot of times the problems are because communication is not happening. That happens. Communication breaks apart. Uh, at the center of love stands communication. Uh, and at the center of the universe is communication. I mean, like, at the center of the universe is the word, right? The center of the universe is the word from God. And the word was God. He is the logos. He's the best word spoken. At the center of the universe is a God who created the universe with two Hebrew words, or at least maybe they weren't Hebrew. They were just, I don't know what they were, but let there be light. At the center of the universe was a God who was speaking, a God whose word is actually action. So when God speaks, stuff happens, right? So God's word is actually deed. For those of you who read theology, you know we're not going to go all that deep in it, but now we are in the province of Karl Barth. The word is spoken. The word is deed. So I know that you've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. I know that you've been in this series because I've listened to a couple of the messages and I've heard Adam say a couple times, we are a people who love the Spirit because we are a people who believe in the Bible. We are Bible people. And so everything that happens in the scriptures is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but we're also uh, people, I've heard Adam use this kind of language, also people who've been marked by the Spirit. Been marked by the Spirit. Um, the Spirit is, as the Apostle Paul tells us, he's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until our redemption. That's what the Apostle Paul says. And the mark is not just kind of like a mark, like a tattoo or a mark, like a sign, but it's a mark. A, mark means like a way of being in the world, right? So we are marked by the Holy Spirit. And that's why Adam talked last week about boldness. That was last week, right? So one of the marks of being the people of the Holy Spirit is that we are bold, right? And so bold is not a sign. It's not, it's not, like, it's not, like, a, not like a shirt that I can wear that says I'm a Holy Spirit person and I am bold. You demonstrate the boldness by doing what? By actually being bold, right? And so we want to talk about one of those marks today. We want to talk about a mark of the people who love the Holy Spirit is not just that they are bold, but they are people of the word. They are people of the word. They are people who are marked by a certain set of partners, by a certain holiness, but a people who are actually marked by a word. And I, by word, I don't mean the word of God, although I do kind of mean that. I don't mean like the scriptures. I mean by words. We are people who are marked by words, not just boldness, but by words. Um, it's a word that is living. It's a word that's active. It's a word that is not inert. It's a word that is not dead. We are a people marked by the words of God, by the speaking God who said, let there be light. That's who we are. We are a people who are marked by a speaking God who sent his word to us. 
we are a people who are marked by the spirit. It's the spirit, the ruha, the breath, the breath of God who is speaking to us. So like when God breathed in the nostrils of humankind at the beginning of the world, he breathed life into them, but I think he also breathed communication. He breathed the word. And so we're marked by boldness. We're marked by the word. Uh, we are marked by words, of course, by the voice of God to you and me. And, um, and then if communication is the foundation of love, I guess what I'm saying is if we are a people who are marked by the Holy Spirit, that means we are a people who are loved. Because conversation is love, right? Communication is love, right? So this is all about love. So how, I mean, Jonathan Edwards, great Puritan thinker. Um, I don't know what you think about Jonathan Edwards. I don't know if you like Jonathan Edwards. I don't know if you're a fan of Jonathan Edwards. I mean, like, but Jonathan Edwards talked about the Holy Spirit being the love of God, being aspirated from the Father and Son and sent to us. And so if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, we need to talk about words. And we're going to talk about words. We need to know that words are about love and communication. And of course, this presents a massive problem, doesn't it? presents a huge problem. The massive problem that this presents is this. How many of you have mostly had this experience of God not saying anything to you? How many of you have had the experience of God actually being silent? Anyone? And how many of you, when God was silent, that silence did not actually feel pregnant? It felt like reproach. Anyone ever felt like the darkness of your soul was because if God would just talk to me and not speak to me like, like Ted's parents in Korean, where I just don't understand what's actually happening. So the speaking wasn't something that actually created more distance, but the speaking was actually something that helped us to lean in toward one another. I think most of us have the experience of, man, I don't hear from God at all. And if God is a speaking God, and if it means that I am like, okay, I'm like a Holy Spirit person, so that means I'm marked by the words of God, that means that I'm marked by the kind of relationship with a Holy Spirit who will actually talk to me, and I don't hear anything, what does that mean about me? What does that actually mean about me? So if you do a series on the Holy Spirit, you must get to the point where God speaks to people through his Holy Spirit, and then you get to a massive problem, which is most of us don't feel like we hear anything at all. So, okay, yeah, God is God of words, and maybe you grew up in the kind of church where God spoke, but it was mainly the Bible. So you were like, okay, the Bible, I got it. So if I need a word from God, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna open up the Bible at random, I'm going to stick my finger, and that is actually going to be God speaking to me. Anybody ever do that before? I have done it. I have done it. When I've been so desperate, I've opened the, the Bible, and I've been like, you know, and then you've been like, well, maybe that's not it. <laughs> and you flip the pages and go, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, we are that desperate, I think, to hear, because we love to be communicated too, don't we? We, we want people to talk to us, you know? Hey, just talk to me. And we don't even mind when it's honest, as long as they are going to talk to us, you know? <laughs> just please, just talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. You know, um, I think that's what I, I want to talk about today. I want to talk about 
hearing from God. If, it, if we are a people that are supposed to be marked by the voice of God, what does that actually mean? How do I actually hear the voice of God? That's what I want to talk about today. Uh, so, uh, but in order to do that, I need to tell another story. So um, I'm going to run out of time because I'm going to tell a bunch of stories, but here we go. So uh, I pastor a church in Evanston, uh, Illinois, called the Vineyard Church, uh, the Evanston Vineyard. And that was like my first experience at the Vineyard. And I remember when I first showed up at the Evanston Vineyard as a college student, I remember walking through the doors and I remember sitting down in the second row because the second row was all vacant, just like this one, you know? Um, and because everybody had seats already, you know? Because like, if you go to church, you got your seat, right? Uh, and so I'm like, there's no seat for me. Uh, so I guess I'll sit in the second row. And the guy preaching that day was a guy named Steve Nicholson, who Adam, I heard reference a couple weeks ago or a week ago or so. He's the guy who is sort of like famous in the vineyard churches for activating the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And if there's anybody who I think hears from the Lord, it is probably Steve Nicholson. And he is uh, a singularly unimpressive man in almost every <laughs> every way. I mean, just think about it. I mean, I, I love him dearly. And if you know Steve, and maybe he'll show up here someday. I know Cindy has been here. Uh, he is singularly unimpressive, um, but he hears from the Lord. And so people are like, man, it's like you're like a stealth rocket or something. You know, like you come and you stand up there and you talk and it's like, yeah, that's fine. And then you stand up and say, come Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden the whole room falls apart. So what is it about you? And I think Adam, I heard Adam say this a couple weeks ago. It's more about the Holy Spirit doing something to you than doing something through you, which is Steve's story. Um, if he ever gets to tell it at some point, you'll hear that the Holy Spirit did a lot of things to Steve. Um, but so I'm at this church, I'm sitting there at the second row and I'm this like, you know, I'm this, this Asian guy and I've always been in like Asian churches and Asian churches like are, are pretty reserved. So, I mean, like, you know, Korean people, they're pretty reserved. Like my dad didn't tell me that he loved me until I was 25, you know? I mean, like, that's kind of like, I mean, that's Asian though. I'm like, I mean, you're, uh, you're Korean. So that's, you know, I mean, it takes you 25 years. That's how it is, right? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's another story. But I just remember, like, okay, man, this is like a weird, because I went to the Evanston Vineyard and I was thinking, man, people are like raising their hands and people are singing and people are jumping around and people are dancing. And I thought, man, this is a weird church. And then like I sat down in the second row and Steve stands up there and I'm like, man, this is boring, you know? And he's like, well, what's going on here? You know, I, I just as used to like, like Korean people standing on stage and yelling at you. Ever been to a church like that when the pastor's like, you're gonna get yelled at for like 30 minutes, right? That was my experience at church. Like I thought that's what you would do, you go to church. You're like, at home you get yelled at and then you go to church and then they yell at you too. You know, so it's like, okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you should do better. I'm like, yeah, oh man, I, yeah, I should, I should, I should, I should. And then I leave and nothing would change. And then I go back and I get yelled at again and then I leave and nothing would change. And then I repeated that cycle. So here's Steve standing on stage and I'm thinking, this guy's unimpressive. And he's not yelling at me. So, and, and it's not, there's no fireworks or anything. He's just very calmly explaining something. Um, and at the end, I'm at the second, second row, and he says, you know, this doesn't happen to me often, is what he says. And I, in my experience is that it happens to him all the time. So I'm like, but I didn't know that at the time. So I'm sitting in the second row, and he points to me. He says, this doesn't happen. And this is a big room. It's a room like this one. There are hundreds of people there. And I'm sitting in the second row, and he points at me, and he goes, you... I'm like, me? I mean, like, from the stage, which I thought was sort of weird. We didn't do that unless it was sort of like, you know, are you new, 
Are you new? Stand up and tell us your story, right? And I'm like, but anyway, that, this didn't happen. So he pointed at me. He said, you, you have the gift of prophecy. And I'm like. <laughs> and then he pointed to my friend who was sitting next to me. We were two Asians sitting next to each other. Um, I don't know why I told you we were two Asians, but anyway, <laughs> just two Asian people. Points to my friend and he goes, you have the gift of healing. And my friend was like, what? And so we go up and we talk to Steve. We come up the stage, like, just like this one. Just imagine Pastor Adam standing here after church on Sunday. And then, and then me and my Asian friend, we go stand up right next to him. And we go like, we look at him. And Steve is, looks at us. And we look back at him. And he looks at us. And he's like, well? And so those of you who know Steve know, just waiting for the question. So we're like, well, can you tell us more about what you just did there? And he looked at me and he said, well, and he asked me a bunch of questions. Uh, does this happen? And I said, well, yeah, it kind of does. And he goes, does that happen? And I said, well, yeah, that kind of does. And does that happen? Well, yeah, that kind of does. And he goes, great. And he claps me on the back and he says, that's the gift. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then he turns to my friend and he says, you have the gift of healing. And my friend is like, is he hold your hands out, is what Steve tells him. So Steve, hold, this, my friend John holds his hands out. And Steve looks at me and goes, look at his hands. And I'm looking at his hands. They look like my hands, right? He goes, <laughs> like, look at his hands. There's like, there's like stuff on his hands. There's like, like gold and, do you see that? They're like sparkling and everything. I'm like, I don't see a thing. <laughs> and so, so I did what any college student would do, standing on a stage in front of Steve Nicholson. Um, who what I just realized at that point was, this guy's probably a bigger deal than I thought he was. And anyway, I'm, I did what any college student would do. I lied. I said, yes, I think I see it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> I, really, I did. I'm like, uh, sure. Sure, Steve. Um, and, then, and then I got off stage, and then I went off my way, and I thought, okay, I mean, like I didn't really know anything about prophecy. The only prophecy that I experienced in the Korean church was the prophecy that would come like every couple years, some dude from Korea would say, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> and then everybody would be like, oh man, it's really gonna happen this time. <laughs> That's the only prophecy that I was used to. So I thought, oh no, I'm that guy now, you know? Where I'm gonna be like, guys, sell your houses, you know, just eat rice for like 40 days straight. That's what I thought prophecy was. I thought prophecy was like prediction. I thought prophecy was like, man, here's what's going to happen when you prophesy. You're going to like predict when Jesus comes back. You're going to know stuff, you know? And guess what happened for me? Well, first of all, I went to seminary and I learned that the gift of prophecy, the definition was just basically this, revealing spontaneously what God brings to mind. That's it. I didn't know that. I thought it was like, you know, Jesus is coming back and so everybody's, you know, sell your houses and sell your cars and we'll all pray and wait for him to come back, you know. Um, the giant spaceship will come through and suck us all up. But anyway, so I didn't know what it was. And the funny thing about, about, about getting a word like that in such a public way is that I thought, okay, well, for sure what's going to happen now is that I'm going to start hearing stuff, right? You would think if, you, if Steve said you'd have you know, like you'd be prophetic and whatever, you'd think, well, man, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just going to start to hear stuff all of the time. That's what I thought. I guess how much I heard. Nothing. I didn't hear anything. 
And I needed to hear stuff. Like, I'm like, man, I was in the midst of making a career change. I was going to go into ministry. I was thinking, I need to hear, like, which church should I go to? I needed to hear, like, should I go over, over you know, to the West Coast, or should I go over here, or should I go there? I just needed to hear, and I didn't hear anything. And I needed to hear all sorts of stuff. I'm like, man, I want to get, I'm like, get married. Like, who should I get married to? I'm like, man, Lord, I really need to hear you. So surely, if, if, if I have, like, this thing that's prophetic or whatever, I will be able to hear from you, God. And I didn't hear anything. And I thought, there must be something wrong with me. Because if I'm a person marked by the word, marked by the speaking God, then surely I should be hearing him, right? Especially if I have this gift, which is revealing what God spontaneously brings to mind. I thought, man, I would hear all the time. And so I didn't hear anything, and I thought, well, something's wrong with me. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, I mean, like, I can totally relate. I don't really hear that much from God. And I really would like to hear more from God. But I don't really hear all that much. And I need lots of direction in my life. I mean, we all do, don't we? Don't we need direction? Don't we, wouldn't it be like helpful if God would just say, hey, I think you should take a left turn instead of a right turn here because it's real icy. Or maybe don't drive to Campbellsville on a Friday night when it's like 12 degrees and there's like snow everywhere. Like, wouldn't you, couldn't you have told us that, Lord? You know? And you start thinking that, right? Like, man, I need some direction. And I thought, like, I didn't hear anything. And so then I go to this first church that I'm at. It was a vineyard church in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm there. And then I noticed on the church calendar that we don't do any praying. And so I'm thinking, we should probably pray as a church, right? Isn't that what churches do? I'm like a pastor. I'm like a new pastor thinking, okay, like I'm looking at the church calendar thinking, yeah, we do potlucks, great. We do like church, great. We do youth group, great. But we don't ever pray, so let's go pray together. So we started to pray together. So every Wednesday night we would get together every week and we'd start praying. And I thought that the prayer meeting was gonna be like prayer meetings that I'd went to as like a, a, a Korean kid, you know, where like uh, the prayer meetings were basically like lots of music and all of us on the ground like wailing, right? So I thought that's kind of what it would be like. Uh, but that wasn't what it was like. Actually, what ended up happening is we started praying for each other. So people would show up and we'd just pray for them. And so I started to pray with this mom, this young mom of three kids. We'd just like pray together every time. We'd always get paired up. We'd always go and we'd always pray for people. And this woman, I didn't know it at the time, but this woman is extremely prophetic. In other words, she is hearing lots from the Lord, lots. So when it comes to hearing God's voice, I mean, this lady was hearing all of the time. I didn't know that at the time, but we started to pray together. And she would say, man, you know, like, I just, I just feel like the Lord is saying this to you. So she was doing prophecy. I didn't really know what it was at the time, but that's what she was doing. She, I feel like the Lord is saying this to you. And she would say something. And all of a sudden, I realized, well, I had that same exact thought. I just didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it. I was just standing there, okay, we're going to pray for this person. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I just would, you know. <laughs> and then she would say, you know, after a little bit, she'd say, ah, oh, I think I'm hearing this. And then all of a sudden I realized, man, that was in my head. Uh, and then she would do it. And it happened over and over and over again where I'd be praying with this woman and this woman would say, I think I'm hearing this. And I was just sitting there waiting and all of a sudden I heard something. And I heard something actually very similar. 
So then I started flipping it around. I started saying, well, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna see if she hears the same stuff that I'm hearing. So I would just like, we would start praying for people and I would put my hand on, on the person and then I would just be like, I think I'm hearing this for you. And she would say, I'm hearing that too. And then all of a sudden I started realizing maybe I was hearing, I just had gotten some things wrong. Like maybe actually I did hear from the Lord, I had just gotten some things wrong. And so um, uh, there's just one thing that I learned from that experience that has held true today that is the only takeaway for today. The only takeaway. What I learned is that I learned that if I wanted to hear God's voice, uh, the main way that he was going to speak to me and to the people all around me was not for me, but for other people. I learned, I learned that if I really wanted to hear God's voice, then the way that I learned how to hear God's voice was by praying for other people, not me. That makes sense? So I was thinking like, man, if I have the gift of prophecy, that means that I'll hear from me. I didn't even read the text. I didn't even read the text that we're going to look at today. Really briefly, 1 Corinthians 14, right? Um, because I'm almost out of time, uh, which always happens to me. Um, I didn't actually read that carefully. I just thought that, man, if I heard from the Lord, if I was prophetic, that means that I would hear for myself all the time. And what I learned from that experience in Washington at this church in Seattle was that, man, if you want to learn to hear God's voice, then you ought to start praying for other people because that's the way that it works. In fact, I feel like now, as I've gotten in tune with hearing from God, what I've realized is that most of what I hear, and by most I mean like 80 to 90% of what I hear is not for me. It's not for me. And so if you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, I want to be a person who is marked by the word of God, not by the word of the scriptures, even though you're marked by that, but by the fact that he speaks to me, the, the way that that is going to happen, the way that you lean into that is you say, man, I am going to pray for you. And when I pray for you, I'm going to listen for you. And when I listen for you, I'm going to try to humbly say to you, here's what I think I'm hearing. That's the way that I hear. And then as soon as I started doing that, I started realizing God spoke to me a certain way. I started to realize that he spoke to me like in like visual images. And as I got those visual images, I started to recognize that when God was speaking to me, he would speak to me in the same way. You know, uh, God, how many of you know that God speaks to you with a certain accent? You know, it's not the same for every single person. There's an accent to his voice for you. And scriptures tell us that God speaks in all sorts of different ways to all different kinds of people. Uh, the Bible tells us that God speaks in visions and dreams and, and, and words, you know. Um, he speaks to Moses face to face, but, but he speaks basically in all other kinds of ways to us. And I didn't know how he spoke to me until I started praying for other people. First uh, Corinthians 14, which Pastor Andrew read this morning. Um, we're just going to read it really quickly. I'm going to say a couple things about it, and then we're going to practice. Is that Okay. On Sunday morning, we're going to practice doing this for one another. Uh, I'm a guest, so if I mess things up, then I guess I won't come back. But like that's just kind of what we're going to do is we're going to try to do this. But like here, this is 1 Corinthians 14. I just want to point out a couple of things from it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, follow the way of love, oh, which is massively important, by the way. 
Because what does love get you to start thinking about? It gets you to start thinking about other people, doesn't it? Okay, so follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially, everyone say it with me, prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to everyone, people, people. So does that say, but the one who prophesies speaks to their self, themselves? No, it doesn't. It says speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongue, in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. And here's the one takeaway from today. The one takeaway from today is that prophecy is for other people. You don't prophesy to yourself. I mean, you kind of do sometimes, but that's more on the rare occasion. When you prophesy, what are you doing? You're speaking to other people. You're speaking to other people. You speak to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort so that the church may be Edify. The one who prophesies edifies the church. The one who prophesies speaks to other people. If you want to hear God's voice, if you want to learn how God speaks to you, then what do you do? You start praying for other people. And isn't this the funny way of the kingdom? Like, how many of you grew up in a home? I know it doesn't happen as much anymore, but how many of you grew up in a home that when you like turned 18, your parents said to you, See you later. Anybody grew up in a home like that? Where it was like, when you turned 18, you were like, now you can stand on your own two feet. Go and get a job. Go do this. Go do that. Whatever. Maybe that, that age was different for you, but at some point, your parents are like, you're going to stop actually depending on us for everything, uh, and you're going to live your own life with your own agency and all of that, right? So you grow up with this idea that the older that you grow, the more mature that you become, the more independent you are, Right? That's the idea that the world would like to tell us. This is what it means to be fully actualized, that you don't need anybody. But the kingdom says this. No, no, no. When you grow in maturity, you become weak. When you grow in maturity, you become more frail. When you grow in maturity, you actually become more dependent, more interdependent. The way that the Lord sets this whole thing up is, man, why would I want... Why would I want a church to be like everybody can hear God's voice for themselves? Why would they need to depend on one another if we did it that way? That's not how God sets it up. God is like, man, if you want to hear God's voice, you need to be in a community that hears God's voice. If you want to be in, you want to hear God's voice for yourself, that means that you need to be with people who hear God for you. That's the way that the scriptures set up the, that's the way the scriptures describe the kingdom. That's the way that the Lord has set it up. You don't grow more independent, you grow more interdependent. Or as one, as I, as one French uh, literary critic calls it, intervidual, not individual, right? That's the way the kingdom works. It's mutuality, it's compassion for one another. You know, the hopeful future of the church is one that has prophecy. I mean, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. The Apostle Paul is saying, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. He's saying, man, you should eagerly desire it. And what I think he means when he says that is not desire it for yourself. I think what he's saying is he's saying desire it for the church. So some of you are more prophetic than others. What that means is that means that you hear more frequently with more fruit maybe than the person next to you, which is fine. We don't use the word, 
We don't really use titles in the vineyard, you know? Sorry, I just turned this off. <laughs> you, don't, you don't come to church like, and have a title. Like I've been to churches like that where people have titles, right? Where the pastor, pastor's wife is the first lady. Anybody been to a church like that? Where you have titles, right? I'd love you all to call Heather first lady. Please. <laughs> first lady Heather. When, and then they got the parking spots and everything, right? We don't really have titles. Why? Because there's an egalitarianism about prophecy. What, why is Paul saying actually like, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. He's not saying it as a bait and switch. He's actually saying, no, you can hear. You can hear. But the other thing that he's saying is he's saying, man, you should want prophecy to be active in your church. If you want to be a Holy Spirit church, if you want to lean into our traditional vineyard values, you need to have this. You need to have it. So it's not just eagerly desire for yourself. It's eagerly desire, man, that prophecy is springing up all over in your church. Because we are marked by word, the word, right? We are marked by a speaking God who has marked us and has loved us and has said to us, I love you because I want to talk to you. I want to have conversation with you. But who knew that the conversation that the Lord wanted to have with you involved another person? If you want to learn how to hear God's voice for yourself, man, you got to learn how to hear God's voice for your brother, your sister, the person that you don't like that attends this church. I mean, maybe that doesn't happen at this church, but it happens at my church. <laughs> where we got people that are like, we're here together. I don't like you, but I mean, we're here together. You know, and there's something beautiful about that, right? That we can go beyond our personal dislikes of someone and just say, I can extend the love of God to you because I have heard for you and I want to give you a word. All right, so would you turn to your neighbor and would you just say to them, I do this in my church. And if you don't do this in your church, you're like, well, maybe he'll love come back. Okay, so you just follow my example for today. All right, so would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I want to hear God's voice for you. I want to hear God's voice for you. Yeah, that's right. In my church in Chicago, it would have been like, I want to hear God's voice for you. Like, man, I hate when Ted makes us talk to one another. But in this church, what I noticed is, I want to hear God's voice for you. How are you doing? You all right? Oh, man, that was good. it's good to see you today. I mean, there was conversation that actually happened, which to me means that the bedrock is already there. You already love one another. Now start hearing from one another, right? So if this is going to be a church that leans into its traditional values of hearing God for one another, um, then that means that all of you are right now are deputized. That means that all of you right now have permission. That means that all of you need some training because, you know, like we need training to talk to one another, don't we? Like how many of you like had to get trained by one of your best friends or by your spouse? You don't talk to me like that. Don't <laughs> talk to me like that, right? So you need some training and I don't have time to do that training, but we do have some time to model that for you today. Okay? <laughs> you all laughing because you know what that's like, right? You don't talk to me like that. If you have kids, I have little kids, so I'm like teaching them, don't talk to your mother that way. No, do not talk to your mother that way. Uh, we need to learn how to talk to one another, right? So, I mean, that, that, that's just kind of how it works. I mean, there's only one rule that I want to share with you, and then I'm going to invite my team to come up because we're going to model it a little bit for you, right? The one rule is this. And I'll let Pastor Adam sort of tease this out more. 
The one who prophesies speaks to people. This is verse three. Can we throw that back up there, please? Thank you. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their, for their strengthening. Everyone say this together. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And here's the only rule that I want to give you today is you learn how to pray for one another and speak to one another and listen to God for one another. This is the only rule, and the rule is this. It must be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. If it's not, don't share it. Okay, that's it. That's it. If you hear something and it's like, it's not strengthening, encouraging, comforting. And you, I hear Matt and all like laughing because he knows. You know, I mean, like, you know what, what's not strengthening, not encouraging, not comforting is. Because most of us are afraid of prophecy, right? Most of us are like, man, if a prophet comes among us and wants to give prophetic words, we're like, oh no, all my secrets are going to be laid bare. I don't want that. But here's the thing in the vineyard, when prophecy is happening, the most oxygen is in the room the most strengthening, the most encouraging, the most comforting. This is why I think Apostle Paul is saying eagerly desire it. Because when it's in your midst, man, you have achieved or you will achieve the maximum amount of strengthening, encouraging, and comforting that a church body can actually have with, its one, with one another and for one another. So there's only one rule, strengthen, comfort, and encourage one another. Here for one another. Come to church in the car, turn the radio off, and say, man, maybe you have a word for me, for someone today. Maybe there's a word for someone today that I could just listen for a moment. And, you know, I haven't seen that person in a while. Maybe that person will show up. And then the Lord maybe gives you something. And you can go to them and say, hey. And how many of you also know that it's as much a prophetic word to say, hey, you know, I just have a sense that the Lord really loves you. How many of you know that that is much more a prophetic word than here's who the next president is going to be? No, I'm serious. Or here's whatever. I mean, the perfect strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, building up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.